This is The Bookshelf from NHPR. I'm Peter Biello. In a small New Hampshire community, two sisters, Henrietta and Jane, grow up under the shadow of a folktale about the ruins of a house near their own. The house, more than a century earlier, was the home of a family of five who, legend has it, were transformed into coyotes. This folktale serves as the thread between Henrietta and Jane's story and that of another pair of sisters with a connection to the house as it stood long ago. Such is the story unfolding in author Abby Maxwell's second novel, The Den. She's with me now to talk about this. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So you write about Henrietta and Jane in almost present day, and you write about another set of sisters, Elspeth and Claire, in the mid-19th century. What made you want to write about sisters? I don't think that I was conscious of wanting to do that when I began. I just began with this image of one of the sisters, Henrietta, who was this sort of like larger than life girl who gets herself into a lot of trouble and is really judged harshly by society around her. And her sister is watching her and has a totally different personality and is so enamored of her. So it began with that, without any real desire to write about sisters. It just sort of happened. And then at a certain point, I ended up backing up to find out the legend you mentioned, to find out the truth of that legend. And the sisters appeared again, but I don't know that it was conscious. Mm -hmm. Henrietta and Jane had this place in the woods, this old house called The Den, Did you have a place like the den while you were growing up in the Lakes region? Yes and no. A lot of the places in this book in the woods are sort of like landmarks that I did have in my mother's woods. So we had like this big rock in the woods that we would spend time at. And then there was a well in my mother's woods and also a dumping pit that didn't have any like present day trash in it, but an old dumping pit. And I would spend a lot of time in the woods at those places And then in terms of an actual foundation in the woods, I think just if you spend a lot of time in New England woods, there are a lot of foundations. But that wasn't literally in my life, um, in my mother's woods. But I always was so interested in going to those foundations and thinking, who lived here? What, What were the circumstances of this life? One of the things that struck me about this book, I really liked this aspect of it. It was the the sense that very commonplace things, if mishandled, can become very, very dangerous. I'm thinking of Jane burning down the barn with her cigarette. You know, you can yeah. smoke, but be careful you don't burn things down. Yeah. And also, to a larger degree, sex, right? Yeah. It's part of everybody's life for the most part. Sure. Um, but misused or in the wrong context can really destroy your life. Yeah. Destroy lives. And that's kind of what happened here. Yeah. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how you you managed to make sort of ordinary things so so dangerous. Well, I guess two parts. For one, I think that just writing fiction, I often think like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen here? Like we've got this situation in these people and something has to go wrong so that we can see the story of how do people move forward from there so there's that but then in terms of with this book specifically in terms of um, the sex when I was writing this book I was pregnant and then had my first child my only child and was really 
spending a lot of time during the writing of this talking with my husband about the patriarchy and just about sexism and all these things that I had never really stopped and fully considered before I had my child. What was it about becoming a mother that made you suddenly start to think about this stuff? Oh, because I had always identified as a feminist. I'd taken feminism courses in college, but I had never really considered what a woman gives up in her body and in her mind in order to have and raise a child, which seems absurd to me now that I hadn't really thought of that. So my husband and I were having all these conversations, and then I would go to write, and we would continue to have these conversations, and I thought all along, I wish that some of this could go into this book that I'm working on, but I thought it would have to wait. And then it wasn't really until the book was complete that my editor pointed out to me that I had written a book in which society responds to the sexual transgressions of women in the middle of the 1800s in the same way as they do in present day. In literature, we so often see what happens to girls and women for their sexual transgressions. They die. Madame Bovary, Anna Karenina, it goes on and on. So I wanted to write a story in which there was some other possibility for these women and some sense of freedom. But the characters in this book, it's not like they're free of society. I mean, society still punishes them. But up until that point of punishment, I also wanted to create girls who somehow have not internalized any of the shame or messages around self-worth that girls so often get. Well, Abby Maxwell, thank you very much for speaking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's Abby Maxwell. She's the author of the new novel, The Den. And you can find a list of her top five reading recommendations at our website, nhpr.org. Last time on The Bookshelf, we spoke with David Elliott, author of the new novel in verse, Voices, The Final Hours of Joan of Arc. And he wanted to recommend Richard Wilbur's translation of Moliere's Tartuffe. Tartuffe is kind of a a miscreant. He's sort of a 'er ne'er-do-well that worms his way into a French family. And it's all written in rhymed verse. Which, we should add, is similar to how David Elliott writes his books. You can learn all about David's books and works by other New Hampshire authors by subscribing to The Bookshelf from NHPR Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, we're always looking for reading recommendations from listeners like you. Send them by email. The address is books at nhpr.org. You can also tweet us at NHPR Bookshelf. This is The Bookshelf from NHPR. I'm Peter Biello. Thank you very much for listening. 